You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. And if you go to the site now, just tons of stuff there for you to digest to get you ready for your fantasy football draft. You can check out my rookie rankings, which will be updated every week after the preseason games and uh, seeing how these guys fare. I also have my tip sheet there for your snake draft uh, all the advice you need to know round by round there and we'll have uh, some fun stuff as well including sleepers and busts on top of the rankings we have out there as well we just finished here on lockdown fantasy football our team by team previews with the raiders so if you want to go back and check out those you can uh, we know things change rapidly some were done before training camp some were done during training camp. We know we're about done with the big chunk of training camp before the first preseason game. Tomorrow's show will all be about the preseason week one takeaways. Most of the teams are in action tomorrow, so we'll uh, break that down uh, and uh, really have something to talk about there with uh, a lot of these players, including Kyler Murray, the much-anticipated debut there, and a couple of the rookie quarterbacks. Uh, today's show, we're going to catch up. We're, we've got some news and notes there from training camp. We're going to do it in blitz style. So the takeaways from the early part of training camp, we mentioned that. Uh, we're going to go, actually, position by position. We're going to do it by uh, prominence here and uh, go around the league and really get you up to date as quickly as possible with all the things you need to know that are Important fantasy football developments there, and uh, we'll cross positions. We'll do it quick here to get as much information and news notes analysis out there to you here. So we better not waste any time. We've got to dive right in. We'll start at quarterback here. Andrew Luck, there's some concern about him there from the Colts with a little calf injury, but he's fully expected to be ready for week one. With Luck, we know... From two years ago with the shoulder, we're always a little bit concerned with his health, but the offensive line is good to go. He's going to protect himself and the ball and have another big year here. He's locked in as one of the better QB1s in fantasy football. Look at Jared Goff. He's looking for his contract extension. It's going to get done soon, so that's not going to weigh over him. The production is going to be solid. It's going to be in the middle of the road. QB1, he's maybe not the guy that... You light it up near the top or an exciting sleeper, but he's going to get the job done for you and he's going to get rewarded for it soon. Now, Carson Wentz coming off the back injury. He's a little bit limited there in terms of what they want to do in practice, but they're starting to take the uh, training wheels off and let him go full bore. It's hard to trust a guy when one year he uh, came off the knee injury and was getting back to speed and couldn't quite be ready for the beginning of last year. And now he's got the back he's dealing with that uh, wiped out the end of his uh, 2018 season. So a little bit worried there. We're going to watch Wentz uh, gingerly through everything he goes through until we see him at full speed out there close to full health. And then we'll feel better about him and maybe slide him up. But right now he's a pretty risky pick to me just because he has that durability history. And if they don't limit him, 
He can play a little recklessly, and that can get him in trouble in times with his health. Cam Newton, we won't see him in the first preseason game. The shoulder is supposedly fine, and I think they're just playing it careful with him. I think you'll see him ramp up here. The Panthers tend to look at the second and third preseason games a lot more. So with Cam Newton, that's what we're going to look for. Is he going to get out there? We'd really like to see him in live game action, throw to DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, and feel a little bit better about his chances here to produce. But at this very moment, again, the shoulder's a tricky one. We know with luck, and that history is going to be a little bit of trepidation there with Cam Newton. We're also not sure that there's going to be a lot of running from Cam Newton this year. I mean, the running was curbed a little bit. There will still be some. He's an athletic quarterback. They want to take advantage of that. But Christian McCaffrey finished a lot of drives there that Newton normally would. Last year, I don't think they're going to have him burrow through the end zone a lot as we've seen in the past. So that's something to keep in mind with Newton. This is going to be a good defensive team with a very good running game. So uh, some things we want to just keep tucked away for Newton and his fantasy value. Now, Jameis Winston... His value continues to rise here as uh, we talked about him and we really liked the Bruce Arians hire for him. Uh, Arians really helped Ben Roethlisberger, Winston, very much like Roethlisberger downfield thrower, but he needed to become a little bit more efficient there. Last year was just taking darts downfield with Dirk Cutter. If he threw some interceptions and got benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick was there, but Arians' job is to keep Jameis Winston as the franchise quarterback and not put him on the bench here. So, He's helping him just kind of play within himself, uh, take the checkdowns that are needed, lean on some of the real uh, talent he has with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and uh, O.J. Howard to really be settled in there, take advantage of that, not try to do everything on one play there. And uh, I think just the way this uh, team is built, there's a lot of uh, optimism with James Winston that he is going to be more efficient. He's going to rein himself in a little bit, but not take away the talents that he has of that big arm and be able to throw downfield. I think Arians is going to help him get focused, and those are the early reports here from Tampa. We go to Dak Prescott in uh, Dallas, and uh, he's still waiting on his deal. Jerry Jones has apparently an offer on the table for his quarterback, so we'll see how that plays out. But overall, I think that's going to be something that doesn't hang over his head, and He's shown up. He's practicing. He's ready for a big year. I think Kellen Moore, the influence there, the former backup quarterback now taking over the play calling duties, that's going to be good for uh, Dak Prescott. And uh, maybe this Ezekiel Elliott absence, at least early in camp, I think at some point it's going to work out where Elliott's there that it kind of uh, lets Prescott let loose a little bit and not maybe have that pressure playing off Elliott, focusing on there with uh, Mari Cooper and Michael Gallup and uh, his new receivers there, uh, namely uh, Randall Cobb and also getting reacquainted with Jason Witten. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy that uh, has just been uh, solid here. We haven't heard too much about him, which is good. That means the ACL has uh, dissipated. It allowed him to practice in training camp. We want to see him go to work with some of these new weapons, but definitely a hot sleeper. He's lived up to that status here so far where there's no setbacks. We'd like to, again, see him do a few things in the preseason to feel better about that. There's been a lot of talk about Lamar Jackson. How is he going to be looking here in year two? Are they going to open things up, let him loose a little bit, throw the ball? Are they going to rein him in and make him run less? I think the answer is uh, 
you're going to get yes on more of the passing downfield. They trust the weapons a little bit more, have the younger guys that can fly, that at some point they hope Marquise Hollywood-Brown and uh, Miles Boykin can be factors. He does have Mark Andrews, Mark Ingram, a better receiver out of the backfield to be a lead back here. And uh, Jackson, John Harbaugh's pretty much straight up asked about his running. He expects Jackson to have a lot m- more involvement there as well as uh, having things that set up the ball downfield. So Greg Roman, we know that he's responsible for some good fantasy seasons, including Tyrod Taylor to a lesser degree and Colin Kaepernick to a higher degree. So that is a good influence there for Lamar Jackson. And uh, I think you'll see the production there increase over what happened with Marty Morningwick. The next guy we'll talk about is Tom Brady. And there's been a lot of uh, talk about Tom Brady and is he going to hang it up after this year? We heard Giselle and him had put up their house in uh, Massachusetts up for sale. So they said, okay, is this it? Is he just kind of downsizing here, preparing for the end? Uh, he signed a big deal with an opt-out there for next year. So there's all kinds of rapid, rampant speculation on this. But overall, I don't see Brady having that uh, kind of linger. But I do see Brady possibly not putting up big numbers because you look at it, um, he finished well outside QB1 status last year, 16 or 17, depending on the league. And you lose Rob Gronkowski, you may or may not have Josh Gordon, who just reapplied for reinstatement. Your uh, rookie receiver there, Nikhil Harry, is not quite ready. Still a whole lot of Julian Edelman, and he's got a very good running game. The offensive line is good. You add uh, Damian Harris to his backfield with uh, Sonny Michel, so... There's reason to believe that Brady's numbers will taper off in fantasy and more because the uh, Patriots are just fine in reality. Sam Darnold, uh, everyone's glowing about his bigger arm strength here. So that's going to help trying to get the ball to Robbie Anderson. Uh, I think you'll see a lot of shorter passing as well with Le'Veon Bell and Jamison Crowder now in the mix. But he can't take deep shots. There's that Anderson ability there to stretch the field. So that's good news for Anderson's value and for Darnold's value as well as a sleeper QB2. A little bit of twist out of Miami as we close our look at uh, quarterbacks here. Uh, Josh Rosen is kind of impressing the coaches here. We thought it was going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick as the bridge quarterback, but we all thought along that the Dolphins wanted to take a good look here at uh, Fitz magic to see what he could do to a degree to be a bridge quarterback, but they also wanted to see what Rosen could do because they want to know if they want to go to Tua Tag Viola, invest that high draft pick in a quarterback. So all that g- good stuff there that you have to look at and evaluate your team. And I think Brian Flores, Chad O'Shea, the coaching staff have kind of opened things up as they should. They need to evaluate everything on a team that's rebuilding. So Josh Rosen here, things have uh, progressed in his favor in this quarterback battle, so we'll see that play out for the Dolphins here pretty soon in the preseason. We'll continue our look at the news and notes here for early part of training camp with running back in a moment, but guys, we first have to take a break to talk about sex. We're not talking about just ordinary sex. We're talking about good sex, great sex. There's a way to increase your performance and get that extra confidence that you've been looking for in bed. Listen up. You just have to go to BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA active 
ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know how it works. You can take Blue Chew anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as pills, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, everyone could benefit from some extra function and more confidence where it counts. Guys, we're used to talking a good game, but Blue Chew is what's really going to help you with your follow-through. And uh, Blue Chew prepares and ships direct to you, making them cheaper than a pharmacy. And you can also get Blue Chew without waiting in the pharmacy because it's prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So none of that awkwardness there and uh, no in-person doctor visit required. And it gets better for you. There's a special deal for you, the listener to Lockdown Fantasy Football. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's right. Special just for you. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll only pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. Promo code LOCKEDON to try BlueChew for free. BlueChew, the better, cheaper, and faster choice out there. And we thank them for sponsoring Lockdown Fantasy Football. We'll be right back to look at the running back news and notes from training camp, leading with the Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon situations. All right, uh, let's continue on here looking at running back. We have to keep going here. We have a lot to talk about at running back, wide receiver, tight end here before we can close the show. Ezekiel Elliott, there's a deal on the table, supposedly, as well as for uh, Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper. We'll see what... The Cowboys hear back from Elliott's people. I think they're going to work as hard as they can to find some kind of solution, whether it's short-term deal or long-term. Something's going to happen with Jerry Jones. And Elliott also has two years left on his contract. So something's going to happen where one of these parties blink, and I expect Elliott to be there in uh, in the fold at some point. may not be for a little bit here in the preseason, but wait it out, sweat it out. The team has leverage here, and the team has the willingness as well to compensate Elliott. Now, it's a little different with Melvin Gordon, where he's closer to free agency. He's in the same draft class as Todd Gurley. So he wants to get paid before something happens there. We heard a report out of Houston that the Texans, despite cutting Dante Foreman, are not interested as a potential upgrade for Lamar Miller. So he's kind of stuck with the Chargers. He's going to have to figure this out. The Chargers, if they don't budge, and they're typically like that with contracts, they're just going to move on with Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. So we'll look there. It's going to hurt because Eckler and Jackson are going to be in a pure committee there. But Gordon, a special back, hopefully you'll realize that he needs to get back there. Now, there's a little bit of concern with Damian Williams because he's been a career backup before he had that burst super sub there last year when the Kareem Hunt incident happened there for the Chiefs. Had a little bit of hamstring issue. Carlos Hyde has looked pretty good at times uh there as a backup, so there's been some interest in Hyde there's potentially carrying a bigger bigger load. Remember, this is a very potent scoring offense. Whoever gets in there for Andy Reid is going to have some opportunities to finish drives, rack up some touchdowns. I think Williams is still their man overall because he's a better receiver than Hyde, but you got to watch Hyde. It wasn't just a throwaway pickup on this team, and uh, they got some uh, young guys behind him, but Hyde would be the biggest threat here right now if something were to happen to Williams or if he can't hold up as a starter. Chris Carson has uh, done some more work in the passing game. This is notable because he's trying to separate a little bit from Rashad Penny. They've said both Carson and Penny will have big roles in Seattle uh, carrying the load here. There's no more Mike Davis, so that cuts someone out of the touches mix. But we know this team is going to run a lot, use the backs a lot. When you look at it, 
you have Tyler Lockett, and there's some question marks. You're going to see if the rookie DK Metcalf can have a big role. Is Jacob Halster tight end going to do something? So they need some more pop here, and they also can't trust either C.J. Procise or a J.D. McKissick to be on the field. So that's going to help Carson's value if he can add that to his duties as well as the touchdown red zone while Rashad Penny could be a complimentary back and really touchdown dependent for his value, especially in non-PPR leagues. Now, the Bills' backfield situation is interesting. We thought LaShawn McCoy could be the guy that's cut, but now he seems to be clearly the lead. Frank Gore is his backup for now. Devin Singletary, the rookie, being the high upside player for later in the season. While TJ Yeldon, I didn't understand this when he decided to sign with his team when they had Gore and uh, McCoy hanging around and they drafted Singletary. He could be on the way out. Uh, that's what uh, the people in Bills land are reporting, so... Yeldon could be out there. He's a pretty decent back. Maybe he'll end up back in Jacksonville if that happens because there's no clear uh, better backup there with Alfred Blue and uh, the rookie Reckwell Armstead behind uh, Leonard Fournette. So we'll watch where Yeldon lands. Hopefully it will be a little bit better if he gets out of this mix and it'll also give us a little bit more clarity where we can trust McCoy at least for a little bit and look at Singletary as a high upside sleeper. In San Francisco, Jarek McKinnon just coming back to active work he also had the torn acl like jimmy garoppolo last year so he was a little bit behind so that was a concern that garoppolo was get on the field first so we'll see what happens with uh, mckinnon and what his role can be matt Breida also uh, coming back from a various stint of injuries so there's that there's other people banging up raheem mustard in this backfield so tevin coleman it's been lining up well for him to be the lead back and i don't think that changes here now, this could be a bit of a smokescreen from Miami because Miami's, again, evaluating everything on this team. Kenny Drake, we thought, could have a nice role here, but now we're hearing about a Kalen Balaj potential split. And remember, this backfield has no indication or loyalty to Drake. And last year, even with Drake producing, Adam Gaze didn't really stick with him. So Balaj is a talented back. It's hard to ignore that. It's hard to ignore that Chad O'Shea, as much as he likes versatile backs who can catch passes, He's used to the Patriot way, which is splitting up touches in the backfield, as many as four people. So, Balaj and Drake, uh, we have to kind of patient in that. In the Eagles' backfield, uh, the glowing reports are both for Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard, the new guys that they got here. Sanders, the rookie. Jordan Howard acquired from the Bears. They're going to be the power back. Sanders, uh, the high upside back. So, have Darren Sproles in this mix. So, it could be doom here for Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood and Josh Adams. Here, I don't know if they need to carry all those guys, but they'll definitely have Sproles. I mean, you don't sign a guy like that late, later in his career and late in the process here in free agency and not intend to keep him. And so Clement, I think you look at and Smallwood, these are just guys. Sanders has a lot more pop as a straight-up runner. Howard, no-nonsense power guy that can fit well in their offense like uh, we've seen in the past with LeGarrette Blount and others. So Sanders and Howard both have some pretty good value there and uh I, I think Howard might have a little bit more overall if he does a little bit work in the passing game and uh gets the touchdowns there speaking of Dante Foreman uh, we talked about him and the Texans cutting him giving up uh, after his Achilles injury history and all that uh, didn't want to continue to deal with it well the Colts picked him up so we'll have to see where he fits in Naeem Hines is your third down back so complimentary support to Marlon Mack but Foreman has a shot here uh there uh, to really be the or two, you still have Jordan Wilkins there who's kind of the swing player, but 
they need some insurance there. It's kind of weird to put Foreman behind Mac, who's already a little bit of a durability risk, and Foreman's a bigger one. So we'll see how that plays out. For now, it's more of a flyer there in Indianapolis. You look at that uh, combo, Sonny Michelle and Damian Harris we talked about with New England. Michelle is doing a little bit more passing game work. This is notable. Maybe they'll want to keep him on the field more. But I, I just don't see Damian Harris totally being ignored here. I mean, there's that Rex Burkhead role is kind of for the taking. He's a little bit better option there. So they could just split it up between Michelle and Harris, the early down and the swing action with James White settled in totally into the third down role. And that kind of also hurts James White's value when you look at Michelle doing in the past game and uh, Harris uh, having that potential as well. So something to keep in mind there. Now, I think this thing in Pittsburgh as well with Jalen Samuels, people are trying to figure out how much they're going to put on James Conner. I think they put a little too much on James Conner last year. They want to keep him fresh. It's not in their best interest to wear down a second year, they're really second year back in terms of uh, his volume and, and his usage there. So he is a, uh, Guys, they're going to be careful with. I don't think he's going to cut in to a lot to what James Conner does. The history has been one back, whether it's Le'Veon Bell or in sub-formation, Conner or D'Angelo Williams. So, overall, we trust this to be more in Conner, but it might give you pause versus some guys that are going to be pure workhorses there in that early RB1 range. Josh Jacobs, uh, again, we didn't see him on hard knocks, but uh, looking good, catching passes, has potential to be three down back for... The Raiders, uh, yeah, Terry Cohen, and uh, what you're looking at uh, with Mike Davis with the Bears, uh, they're just going to be backups there. David Montgomery looking more and more. The guys, two other backup situations we look at. We have uh, Alexander Madison, clearly the Latavius Murray backup role there. Good handcuff pick there in Minnesota. And Brian Hill taking charge there behind uh, Devontae Freeman. Maybe the better option over Edo Smith here. And Quadri Ellison to be the best insurance for Freeman, who's a little older and coming off injury. At wide receiver, Julio Jones looking for that contract, keeping him out, keeping him fresh. So he'll be healthy for the season and probably well paid as the highest paid receiver in the game. So that's good. Keep him out, keep him rested, let him go in the regular season. With the Patriots, Maurice Harris has been the guy that stepped up, not Nikhil Harry, the rookie. He's actually fallen behind a lot of people. So if you're looking at a guy right now, according to reports, the Maurice Harris, a big slot type who can move around, he would be your number two technically to Julian Edelman. So something to watch there and have some value, especially with some lost targets there at uh, tight end and receiver to be made up for in New England. Curtis Samuels looked good and uh, maybe closer to the coexistence with DJ Moore. So keep that in mind if you're overdrafting more and underdrafting. Samuel Dante Moncrief is in the lead there, as everyone expected to be the number two starting outside Juju Smith-Schuster to start. James Washington, more of the big play threat. Uh, Deontay Johnson, the rookie. These were options there, but Moncrief taking the lead. Deshaun Jackson looking good. Old speed there, working well with the big arm of Carson Wentz early in camp. So... Maybe the best guy they've had in that role. They've worked in Mike Wallace and Torrey Smith and those type, but you'll get some favorable coverage opposite Alshon Jeffrey. The big uh, twist here in Arizona is that after Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk, Keyshawn Johnson has been their best wide receiver, the, the third rookie forgotten behind Andy Isabella, who's had some knee injury issues and dropped some passes. Hakeem Butler dropping some passes. So Johnson's been the steady guy in between. So they're going to spread the field a lot. I don't see a lot of trickle-down production for Isabella, Johnson, or Butler. 
with uh, Fitzgerald Kirk and David Johnson catching most of the passes, but something to note there if you've been overexcited about Isabella there. Terry McLaurin looking like he wants a big role for the Redskins, and uh, why not? He's going to try to catch passes from Dwayne Haskins, so something to watch there. Quincy Inunua fading a little bit, making uh, Crowder, Jameson Crowder there, a key target for the Jets, a little bit more here for Sam Darnold. So Inunua, just a guy that hasn't been able to stay healthy and more injury issues there. Deeper sleeper alert, Chris Conley developing some good chemistry coming over from Kansas City to Jacksonville with uh, Nick Foles so far. Makes a lot of sense. He's the type of receiver Foles has gelled with the pass. So there's DJ Chark and D.D. Westbrook and uh, Marquise Lee pretty much fading from that offense. So D.D. Westbrook is a guy that we might have some interest in a backdoor wide receiver 3-4, but Conley has to have a little bit more interest here because he's always danced around the town there in Kansas City. Now we'll continue and uh, wrap up the show looking at the tight end news and notes you need to know in a moment, but keep in mind the new Lockdown NFL is your best source for all things NFL. It's absolutely on fire. Last week it was one of the most listened to NFL shows anywhere in podcast land with the expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williams and hosted by Brian Peacock. Lockdown NFL is your daily national podcast with Matt's unique take on the game. Follow Locked on NFL now on your favorite podcast provider. We'll be right back here to wrap up the show with a look at the tight ends and uh, get you set up for the f- first week of preseason games. All right, uh, we're back to uh, take a look at some of the things we've been looking at at tight end. And uh, there's not too much going on here with this position, but it's a p- position with a great interest here because... There's just uh, so much flux here beyond the uh, top three there, the big three, Travis Kelsey and uh, Zach Ertz and George Kittle in some order. We've been taking those guys and looking at that overall. So let's uh, look at the other tight ends here. Jordan Reed, actually some positive reports here. And with the Redskins uh, kind of wide receiver situation flux, McLaurin trying to see if he can carve out a role ahead of uh, Josh Doxson. And uh, what they've had so far, it's looking close here. So something we'll look at with McLaurin, but Jordan Reed might be a good security blanket there, especially if Dwayne Haskins starts. And we know Case Keenum and Colt McCoy could use him as well. Mark Andrews looks like he's going to get some special chances there with the Ravens. He's the most athletic player that they have at that position over Hayden Hurst. We know that Lamar Jackson likes him. They have some trouble at wide receiver, so Andrews could have a big role this season. Trey Burton has a sports hernia injury and uh, trying to battle that. He was kind of a ho-hum tight end one last year, but it's hard to trust him too much there with injuries and um, so many mouths to feed in that Bears offense, so it's really hard to even know that he'll duplicate last year's tight end one numbers uh, on the lower end. Matt Lacoste taking the... Patriots opportunity by Storm there. Looks like he'll be the starter. TJ Hawkinson being out there playing on every down. Not a surprise as they use two tight end sets and he's their best blocker out of uh, veteran Jesse James. So he'll be out there. The question is how much are they going to throw to him initially out of those sets where they want to really emphasize on running game. And uh, they have Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, and Danny Amendola to throw to if need to in the passing game and spread it out there. Darren Waller kind of banged up holding as a potential breakout for the Raiders, so put the brakes on there as a deep sleeper. Lacoste go towards there. Jeff Swaim is somebody who can't 
totally forget. I mean, I think that's the thing in Jacksonville with new quarterback, new uh, play caller there. Things have changed up a little bit that you can't just assume everything that you're going to see Keelan Cole and some of these guys, uh, Westbrook and Lee and all these guys. They could fade here and uh, you could pivot to guys like Conley and Swain. So we'll watch that. Is it a high upside passing game that we're going to tap too much into? No, but you might be able to yield some value there playing off Leonard Ford in the running game with uh, Doug Marone handing over the play calling duties. Now, there you have it. There's a look at uh, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, all the latest news and notes that we've uh, gotten out of uh, training camp to help you kind of uh, formulate your cheat sheet and make some adjustments there as necessary. We'll have a lot more to talk about there with the preseason games in full toe, the official week one. We start with uh, 11 games, so 22 of the 32 teams in action there uh, will have a uh, the debut of Daniel Jones. We'll see what he does. A lot of rookies out there as well. We'll see where uh, Dwayne Haskins fits in the pecking order there as he takes on the Browns. And then late night, stay up late. If you don't, uh, we'll have it recapped here what Kyler Murray does 10 p.m. there Eastern time against the Chargers. So a lot of good stuff to watch there in the preseason and uh, break down and we'll do it for you from a fantasy football perspective tomorrow everything you need to know coming out of those games and if that further affects these players and their values uh it's good to finally see some game action across the league and uh, put uh, games to faces so to speak for the 2019 season stay with us here as we uh, roll on uh, remember check out our week one preseason takeaways tomorrow's show and next week we'll have very, a lot of fun there we'll dive in to some mock draft action. Yes, we've been waiting for it. Uh, We'll do our penultimate one. We'll come back and do one later, but some uh, programming note to remind you there. We're here to help you dominate your draft. We're going to cut it for you on all angles, no-nonsense fantasy football information. Thanks so much for listening to Locked on Fantasy Football. This is your host, Vinny Iyer. We'll see you next time.